We may have not made it yet to Michigan football, but we have made it to college football season. It is happening mere hours from now. But with Michigan kicking off in less than 48 hours, lots of questions coming in on this episode of the Michigan Mailbag. Bag. <laughs> locked on Wolverines podcast. You are locked on Wolverines. Your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. We're back and doing it. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. First day of the week that we are doing this without a guest. Still don't know about tomorrow. I haven't checked in. I'm going to guess no. It's a former player who was like, I'm all in. And uh, we're, we're trying to go three for three or three and a half for three and a half. Mike Martin had already had his uh already had his gig lined up at BTN before we started doing the preview with him but uh Devin Gardner who didn't do it on the podcast he did it on the uh he did we did it separately on video and uh Jake Butt still very proud of those guys wanted to try to get another one involved nonetheless the Michigan Mailbag as I accidentally called it. The Open starts now, and we go to the leaders and best at James Crudup at James Crudup 6. With the amount of injuries that have piled up, do you think they rotate guys more often or try to pull the starters earlier than usual if the score starts become lopsided? I think they'll probably do both if they can, right? And, I mean, Jesse Minter had said some about 26 players he'd like to see on defense uh, get in the game. I could see a situation where maybe you have more. Um, I guess it just depends on the position, but yeah, they don't want to, you need to obviously just get through these games here. I, I still predicted, I don't remember what I predicted. I did it today. I think it was like 55 to six or something like that. I'm pretty sure that's what I predicted. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll, I mean, I'll, I don't know because if it was Jim Harbaugh, it'd be obvious, but Jesse Minter, you know, trying to audition essentially for a head coaching job. Gonna want to go out there and show. Look at what I can do. So it's really hard for me to tell. It, it there's it could go any which way. So that's not a, that's a non-answer, but it's an answer. That's where we're at. Josh Barra, Jadicky, four weeks from now, which of all the fill-in coaches are we gonna say did the best job filling in for Jim? I think it's gonna be Sharon Moore. I think Bowling Green weakest competition night game. There's just gonna be so much hype. Um, and I just think that we'll kind of start seeing some guys coming back. If we don't see him come back before then, uh, I, I think Sharon Moore is going to be the one that everyone's going to look at and be like, wow, he's the one that gets hyped the most by Jim Harbaugh as being that next future head coach thoughts on Ahsoka so far. Um, I like it a lot, a little underwhelmed this last episode I'm kind of like can we get to the action please the star fight was really cool I'm not really giving you many spoilers it's Star Wars there's going to be star fights I just I think the pacing is really slow but there's some degree to which I'm like all right let's get into it my only real real gripe I think is I just don't really love the casting for Harrison Dula I I want that I, I don't remember the name of the voice actress who played her in Rebels but she she was just very like like I remember this one scene where she uh, 
uh, Ezra, I think it was, said, I'm not doing that. And she goes, oh, yes, you are. You know, it's like a mixture of like confidence, bravado uh, and all of this, these things that Hera is. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is doing a good job if there wasn't someone that already had played Hera. But she's just kind of a little too meek for my liking. But I'm curious to see where it goes. Favorite character in Star Wars. So um, I feel like they're playing it a little deadpan in general for a reason. Still Dave Filoni. My brother in metal at Mike M. Wolf, <laughs> Michael Wolf at M. Wolf 21. Wow. Just wanted to do both at the same time. During this whole investigation, it's been said that Michigan has Harbaugh's back with the comments during the press conference about a baseball bat to the kneecaps. He seems very frustrated. So you believe Michigan is backing him. I've heard multiple things, um, and both things can be true. He can be very frustrated and unhappy, but Michigan can also really have his back right now. I think that both things can absolutely be true, and I think both are. So um, I do believe Michigan is backing him. I, I do also believe he is very frustrated. We'll see. I mean, ESPN starting this Jim Harbaugh to the Cleveland Browns thing already. It's Would I be surprised if he dipped? No given everything but at the same time I still don't think he will but it's that also I think if he wins a national championship all bets are off you know because you could just be like got the mountaintop want to go and get a Super Bowl Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one do you think the bull tie-ins will have to be redone next year now that the Pac-12 has died um I mean just in general they're gonna have to <laughs> you know and they're going to be anyway to some degree just because the playoffs expanding I, I'm curious to see how it looks. I mean, obviously, you got home games for a lot of teams, but uh, yeah, I think that you're not going to be looking at obviously all the Pac 12 ones. They're going to have to figure something else out. Rose Bowl isn't going to be like whoever versus Stanford, you know, Ohio State versus Stanford. <laughs> I don't think so. That was very Pacaputo sounding. Oops. I have a Pacaputo impression, by the way. Uh, number two, call your shot with who you think will be the most surprising player on offense and defense on Saturday. All right. Defense. I know I had someone. And I'm just. I'll just go with Ernest Hausman. I know I had a better one. I just can't. No, you know what? I'm going to go with Keon Sab. Keon Sab, I think, is going to be a revelation. Keon Sab. Offensively, Frederick Moore. We're just hearing so much more about Frederick Moore. And I, I, it could be Carmelo English. So I'm going to go with one of the two, but I'll stay with Frederick Moore. Uh, I miss Siri. Can she please make a guest appearance? She could, but she is outside. She is outside. I don't know what she's, she's just laying out there. She does not want to come in. I tried to give her the option. She was not having it. So unfortunately she will not be making a guest appearance this episode. Uh, but she did uh, a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago though. Jonathan Joseph at J Joseph 2156. Who is the player we don't know about that we'll know about, but week four or five, that'd probably be Keon Sab. Uh, also watching the HBO doc, favorite Spielberg movie and best if they are different. I got to look at his, I got to look at his IMDb and I know I should, as a, someone who has a film degree, I should know this by heart, but, uh, I know I'm going to miss some Jurassic Park is favorite. I know that it's a, it's a different one for sure. Uh, that would be his best. I haven't seen Schindler's List since it came out, so it's probably that. Um, Saving Private Ryan's the best, actually. That's what I'm going to go with. I mean, it could be Schindler's List, but it could also be that. Um, let's just look, double check here real fast. I just watched Lincoln last, like, earlier. 
I love Ready Player One. There's a lot I haven't seen. I haven't seen Munich. I love Minority Report. Um, I mean, Jurassic Park is easily my favorite, though. Can't go wrong with the first three Indiana Jones movies. I haven't seen anything before E.T. No, sorry, Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark. I haven't seen any of them beforehand. Maybe this episode of Columbo I've seen. I'm not sure which one it is that he did. The first one. Oh, yeah, I watched that. It's the only episode of Columbo I sat down and watched. Is like kind of a expression to my grandpa, who was a big Columbo fan. But yeah, it's definitely Jurassic Park is the favorite. Saving Private Ryan or Schindler's List are the best, is what I would go with. And I told you a whole bunch of other favorites in there for some reason. Finishing us out, Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore. No question, just fun to be back in game week. Cheers to a good year, my friend. Thank you very much, Spencer. Uh, I'm looking forward to it now that I feel like the season is actually happening. Can't believe we're here. All right, we're going to continue on and got tons more questions coming up here in just a moment. Before we get to that, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you are hiring, that you have the access rather to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right uh, people for your team faster and for free. And listen, there's so many times you're out there trying to look for that right person. LinkedIn Jobs makes it just so simple. And it's so simple to go out there and create the job listing that you want to. Uh, and then after that, you can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. There's simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. You want to add the right team member to your, uh, to your business the same way that Michigan wanted to add Ernest Hausman, the same way they wanted to add Josiah Stewart or Drake Nugent to help them get to a national championship, help your business get to a national championship by using LinkedIn jobs to find that right team member. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the best qualified candidates and faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college. Terms and conditions do apply. After basically splitting time all week, you know, just being like, hey, you know, what's uh, what's going on? What are your thoughts here? And just sitting back and relaxing the same way that all of you have been when, when listening or watching to the podcast. It's different kind of being back at the helm full time. Uh, we're probably going to do more guests this year than we have any other year. At least that's the goal. Uh, we'll just keep on trying to line them up. Uh, there are some people who have agreed to do the show. There are some people who agreed to do the show and then whose contact info I didn't get after they agreed to do the show. Adam Schefter, I'm looking at you. Um, but uh, maybe we'll make some of those things happen regardless. So, you know, I do have ESPN's contact info. So we're going to try, try to make this an extravaganza of a year because it just feels like it's going to be a really good year. Um, but obviously... We don't really know what we're going to get until we see it. First three weeks could be interesting. All right, let's get to the uh, Victor's Valiant, starting with Anton Sesmita Mangala. That Sesmita Mangala. Is Ben Herbert the most important coach to preserving the culture of the team long term? I think we allow most of the other coaches, uh, no, all know, rather, that most of the other coaches will be head coaches in the near future. Yes, 
I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I don't know how much I ha- more I have to add to that, but he's the defining, even though things didn't go great 2019, 2020, uh, he, you know, he came in in 2018, took a little while to kind of impose himself. But like whenever we, we hear like what's different with culture was, you know, why is this team this? Why is this team that Ben Herbert is the name that comes up mo- most often? Michigan has to keep him at all costs. Jim Harbaugh leaves. You got to keep Ben Herbert. Other coaches leave. You got to keep Ben Herbert. That should be priority number one f- just going forward until he is, decides that he's not going to do this anymore. Jacob Shavaria at Shavaria. What did Michigan do wrong on defense that allowed TCU to score 51 points? Well, uh, they actually scored four, uh, 37 points. Some of it was missing tackles because keep in mind, 14 of those points came off of two pick sixes. Um, still, I mean, that's much higher than what Michigan let up all year. But some of it was missed tackles. I think they had the, the plan to blitz to get Max Dugan um, out of sync and out of rhythm often. And they did. But the thing was, is Max Dugan would be going down and they'd throw a pass to someone who'd get the first down or a touchdown or whatever. I would have much rather they employed the same style of defense they did against Ohio State of keep everything in front of you. That's the big thing to me. Has Mitchell commented on it um, a little bit on the blitzing part? What does your Saturday timeline look like now that you live an hour away? The traffic is going to suck. Um, I'm used to it uh, because while I did have 2020, 2021, and 2022 living a mile away from the stadium, exactly from door to door, um, uh, I lived the same exact distance away from 2015 through 2019. So I am more accustomed to this. Uh, So, I mean, it's it's no different, really. I probably wake up around the same time, believe it or not, because I always had to, I always woke up early and walked Zuri. I probably won't walk her. I'll just let her run around the yard a little bit. And uh, while I'm getting ready and then hit the road at uh, 7.30 for a noon game, get there around 8.30, hopefully find parking quickly, uh, walk up to the stadium and go from there. Uh, I think the big change is I'll be staying at the stadium probably for a little bit longer than I normally would to crank out some work instead of just going right home. And, uh, and then I'll try to rush home and finish up at home. So, uh, I think I'm more efficient. I've learned I'm more efficient when I live further away. Because when you're when you live that close, it's very it's easy to be like I'm just gonna go and sit down on my couch. I'm gonna go lay in bed and work. I feel like I've already been more efficient this year than I was last year. Just, this feels more normal to me. U of M clips and bolts at U of M clips bolts. It's that time of year again, Isaiah. Do you think that we see the offensive game plan change based on who is filling in the role of interim head coach for the weeks that Jim is gone? Um. I mean, I think weeks one to two, maybe weeks two and three. No, because I mean, Sharon Moore is going to be back. Right. Um, and honestly, you can see it change just any given week, just based off of what it, or even in game, depending on what a team does. Right. Like last year, JJ was running, JJ was throwing. And then they suddenly are like, Ooh, we need to keep guys back. We can't let him do that. And then it was like, okay, have fun with Blake Corum. So those types, it's whatever teams want to try to take away, Michigan will then take advantage generally. Um, Some teams did not have that. Penn State, they were like, we are going, well, actually, Penn State stayed in that formation. They were so afraid of J.J. running uh, that uh, even when Blake and Donovan were gashing them, they just let it continue to happen. So, uh, but I'm 
sure there will be teams that are like, we are not going to let Blake Corum beat us. And then JJ's like, well, I'll beat you. And they'll be like, ooh, we're not going to do that. And then Blake Corum and Donovan will be like, well, we're, we'll beat you. So I think it will depend on that type of thing. I don't think it matters whether Jim's there or not. I think the game plans will remain kind of the same as far as that's concerned. Mark Z at Mark Zimke. Regarding freshman running backs, to me, it makes more sense to give them a ton of reps this year as opposed to trying to save their red shirt knowing Blake and Donovan are gone. But most arguments are to conserve them for later. What do you think? I think they got more than the freshmen. And obviously, I mean, there's the, the number three running back right now is Khalil Mullings. Then you have C.J. Stokes, Tavier Dunlap, uh, Benjamin Hall, Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana still, I think, has had some injury concerns. But I, um, yeah, I mean, I think just go ahead and burn those red shirts if you if if they're healthy enough to play. Just get get them involved, get them acclimated because I, I think that you'll see some of that 2016 type. Like, wow, look at how many players played 2016. Like that whole class burnt a red shirt. So um, I think that that would be not surprising. Clark at Blue for Life. Eight, do you feel better about the interim head coaches having some experience doing so in the spring game? Doesn't really change anything. I just, I think that we could be interim head coaches. It would be fine. I I think that the talent is there against teams that aren't as talented, especially weeks two and three. I don't think it really matters that much. I'm not the one at William Cawthorn nine. How important do you think the 1000th win is to the program, the current players and coaches? First current players. I don't know how much they'll care. Coaches, same. For the program, I think it's big, right? I think it's seeing at what nine ninety one, I believe. Um, so I mean, you're looking at what the Michigan State game. I think that's I don't know if that's accurate or not, but um, I think it's big for the sake of you can be you're the only program that can say you've won one thousand games. They can market the heck out of that. They can recruit with that. They can do all that stuff. Current players and coaches, I think they'll be, yeah, really cool. And I'm sure that after that game, they'll get asked about it a bunch and we'll write about it and no one will care. <laughs> That's what I predict. James Kovaleski at coach underscore Kovo. Uh, will the term power five officially be replaced with power four after this year? I couldn't even see it being a power two because, right, like uh, Pac-12 has four teams left. They're going to go somewhere. Big 12 has no, like, upper echelon teams left they have really good teams but i don't know i think it's a tier above the group of five for sure i don't know that it's power five and with the acc i could see the big names there jumping florida state miami i mean maybe you can include north carolina in there clemson i could see them jump into the sec or big 10 or something like that so really, I think you're going to have a power two, and then you're going to have a, a middling group of the ACC and the Big 12. Pac-12 Pac won't exist anymore unless they change things up. It's just going to look completely different. Uh, does a potential future Pac-12 consisting of Stanford and Cal, if they don't go to the ACC, Oregon State, Washington State, and the group of five schools, they attract us by the designation of power conference? I guess I kind of answered that. I already don't think that the Big 12 was really a power conference. So, no, I think you lose Oklahoma and Texas. I think you lose USC, Oregon, Washington. Like, that, you aren't what you were. Those other schools are picked up. They might have really good years, right? Like, Oregon State's ranked right now. Washington State had a good year last year. Stanford was really good several years ago. Cal exists. 
But those schools tend to be propped up. They might have a good year here and there, but they're generally propped up by the rest. Like Indiana had a great year in 2020. Indiana is not like a, I mean, it is a power five school, but let's just be honest. It's not like a power five. It's not comparable to Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, USC, Oregon, Washington, you know? You can't take, if you took them out and put them in another conference and then took out Oregon State and put them in that conference and you took out Cincinnati and put them in that conference and you took out West Virginia, put them in that conference, it, it, the Power Five, it doesn't really make. It's a lesser conference compared to the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, another one from uh, William Cawthor, nine. I didn't see that we had two here. I've heard lots of people saying that we believe Michigan will, they believe Michigan will win the Natty, but those are the same people to say, well, they'll lose one game. What's your opinion on this? I don't think they can afford to lose one just because the schedule hurts them. I think they can, but it depends on what the rest of the college football, what it is, right? Ohio State lost a game in a year where people didn't think that they could do it. They had a much tougher schedule than Michigan, of course, but they ended up backing in. If they lose to Penn State and beat Ohio State, I think they very well could be in as long as Penn State has another loss and maybe another school out there has another loss, right? But it's it just depends on the field. It, it's it's not automatic. There could be there could be you know they could win the Big Ten with one loss, but there could be you know there could be one loss Georgia undefeated LSU, undefeated Clemson, undefe- you know undefeated Notre Dame. I don't know if that all matches up. I think no, Clemson and Notre Dame play each other, but you know what I mean. Something like that, and Michigan could be out. So it all, we'll see. We'll see when we get there. The Recon Raider at Hamstand eighty seven. Do you have a favorite rival podcaster? Personally, I've really liked Tony G and Tom Orr from Buckeye Huddle. Uh, I don't listen to any of them. I mean, give Jay Stevens uh, a, a shot at uh, Locked On Buckeyes. I don't listen to any of them. <laughs> I don't listen to I. The only sports podcast I listen to, occasionally I'll listen to to the Wolverine because those are my friends. Occasionally I'll listen to Steve Dace's uh, Michigan podcast, but mostly it's Josh Pate. Josh Pate is amazing. Uh, so subscribe to uh, the JP show, whatever it is. I should get a chalice of supremacy for this. But um, yeah, Josh Pate's the man. Finishing us out in segment two, Perry Mitchell at Perry Mitchell 08 with Kirk Campbell calling plays this weekend as the offense aired out more and get McCarthy rolling earlier in the season. I think that's the plan regardless. Certainly helps to have your quarterback's coach as the play caller. I think that's going to be the plan regardless. Man, I just, I don't know exactly what we're going to see. I think that's, that's what's kind of interesting. This could, this, and that would have been, even if Jim Harbaugh was out there, I think we're just going to see some different things because they're, I think, I don't think that they're necessarily planning on just doing the same stuff they did last year. All right, we've got a bunch more left. We're going to come up on the Blue Crew here in a moment. All right, a bunch left here in the Blue Crew final segment. We're going to rock through it as usual. Athir Kader, Kader at Athir Kader, one. I have a question for week one. Can I expect 300 passing yards from JJ on Saturday and four TDs? I got Michigan winning 48-14. Let, uh, let me hear you, my bro. Thanks. Um, I don't think JJ is going to, unless he just has like 
three or four really big, like, 70-yard touchdown bombs? No, because I just think that they're... I don't think he's going to be in the game that long if everything goes to plan. I think Michigan will win by a bigger margin than that, personally. But I, uh, I, I think that J.J. will probably... If everything goes to plan, he'll play, like, two and a half quarters. Then it will be Davis Warren time. That would be the plan, I think. So, I'm going to say 230 yards. But we'll see. David G. Van Reenen at Ex Nihilo 7. Uh, I really think Michigan's defense is going to surprise people this year, and I believe they will completely shut teams down. I know I'm a big homer, but I would like your thoughts on it. I'm in the same boat, man. I think that that front seven is nasty. It's going to help out the back end. Um, while I'm not sure yet about the edge rushers, I have pretty good confidence that they'll be better than they've been, uh, that they were last year. I think that it's just, it's teams aren't going to be able to do, have a lot of time to throw. It's going to be that type of thing. Like, yeah, they threw it, but didn't have a lot of time. Right. Um, big, fast, physical. It's, I think it's going to be the best big tenant, uh, defense. And I, I, including, Iowa in that. I think it's just going to be nasty. So I'm with you. I think it's going to be a top five defense in the country this year. Ben Ricketts at Ricketts Ben 92. Would you anticipate streaming services being the new normal for college football games or can we see, see something like a Saturday ticket model where you buy a package to watch college football games? I, I think there's too much competition there, right? Like there used to be something kind of like that, like kind of like Red Zone on ESPN in 2011-ish. Um, I think that the fact that Fox, CBS, NBC, all of them are competitors. No, I don't think there's going to be a model like that. I think it's just going to continue to be this, at least for the foreseeable, personally. MM at uh, Wolverines, Michigan, with Moore and Harbaugh being out, both our safeties more than likely being out. Are we on upset alert? No. <laughs> I mean, they East Carolina is breaking in basically a whole new team. 33% uh, returning uh, play production. Michigan's players are better than theirs by recruiting and all of that. Regardless, the front seven still exists. No, there's no chance of an upset unless Michigan, a bunch of other players get injured. Michigan just goes out there and plays uncharacteristic football, which I mean, it happened against TCU, but TCU was really good last year. I understand East Carolina was pretty good last year, eight and four. They've lost every ranked team they've faced in the last however long. Michigan man at Michigan man twenty uh, two one four. How are we feeling about special teams this season? I'm. I, it's going to take probably a slight step back, but I'm excited about this. Uh, I mean, James Turner isn't going to. You know, you're not going to trot him out for a fifty yarder and expect to make it the way you did with Jake Moody. Uh, what you you are going to get is a guy that you hopefully aren't kicking as many field goals. Number one. Number two. Uh, I think that you're going to see really good punting. I think that you're going to see an upgrade there with Tommy Doman. He's got a huge leg. Uh, I think you're also going to see an interesting return game with uh, guys like that. I think they're going to probably try to find ways to work in Alex Orgy and Kalel Mullings. I think that's going to be really fun. Might take a step back, but I think it's going to be really fun. <laughs> Put it that way. Michigan 45-23. I wish uh, Wolverine Wise... 
excluding Wilson, CJ, Loveland, and Edwards, assuming he gets more work in the slot, who will emerge as one of JJ's new favorite targets and why. I mean, Tyler Morris is the obvious one. I've already got the rapport once he's healthy and everything, and I think he'll, you know, he, he's just going to have a penchant for getting underneath and doing some things. But Darius Clemens, don't, don't count him out, man. I feel like everyone was excited about him last year, and they didn't do anything, and it's like, oh, well, he's garbage. I mean, not, not really, but I feel like that's how that tends to go. And he's a big-bodied receiver that has a lot of skills, and I think he's going to come out and look really good. Jack Lang at Jack L. Lang. Or Jack I. Lang, I can't tell. Michigan's season likely comes down to two games. It's August, but what's your script for those two games? Uh, Penn State, I mean, both of them is the same. Just be more physical. Especially Ohio State. Ohio State is like, we're going to get more physical, but Michigan is trying to still get more physical yet, beat Georgia drill and all that stuff. Out physical. Penn State, keep the guys in front of you. They've got smaller, quicker guys on the line. Keep them in front of you, still out physical them. Take advantage of what these teams give you. They try to take away the run, pass. If they try to pass, take away the run. Uh, I wouldn't do like Michigan did last year against Penn State and just say, oh, you're going you're gonna to try to... You know, well, they weren't trying to take away the run, but even when they were, Michigan was running on them. I, I just, just take what they give you. Uh, defensively, uh, I mean, I, I think you can go blitz heavy against Penn State and try to get, uh, try to, try to get uh, Drew Aller off of his spot. And I don't know yet about Kamal Cord because we haven't seen him yet. Finishing us out, Silver Bampy at Silver Bampy. Do you know all the words to Mr. Brightside by now? I do not. I don't know really any of the words because I suck at hearing lyrics. It, it confuses Sarah to no end. She's like, how do you not know the lyrics to whatever? I don't. I know lyrics to, to some things, but uh, it's like songs I've heard 400 times. Generally, not. And I'm also not really listening to lyrics most of the time. I'm listening to the music as someone who's played guitar off and on all my life that's gonna do it for us today we are gonna get to our uh, prediction show on friday it's really almost here thanks for watching thanks for listening we'll be back soon peace